On today's It's Just Money, we talk week zero lines, predictions, and picks of college football, along with the group of five teams that we did not discuss in part one and two of our previews. We also do a college football mascot draft to round things up. We are very excited to be back. We are very excited. College football is two sleeps away. Thank you for joining us, first of all, but we have to talk about Bigot. Bigot is back. It's always back. It's the number one social media sports betting app in the entire world. We need you to download it today and use the code It's Just Money for a thousand free coins. When you get in the app, join our betting league using the passcode WIN393. That'll get into our betting league. And then you can track our picks and we can track your picks. Place them, go up in coins, and win great prizes such as Amazon gift cards and TVs. Great app. Download it today. You cannot miss that. Now let's go. Is that I never ask my clients to judge me on my winners. I ask them to judge me on my losers because I have so few. What's up, bitches? Tell them to bring me my money. Okay, we are back. It is the It's Just Money podcast presented by Bigot. This is episode 31. Today is Thursday, August 26th which means we're two sleeps away from officially being college football game day. College football's back. We're here to talk picks. We're here to talk lines. We're excited for it. The boys are all here. I'm very thankful for that. Um, let's talk to Schaefer first today. Jake, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's the first week of college football. I don't know how you can't be excited or be in a bad mood right now. So I have nothing to complain about. I'm just excited to place so many bets. So many. So many win so much money this year. Um, I, I know a guy who doesn't believe in quantity of bets, but quality of bets, and that's Jordan. <laughs> JP, how we doing? Yeah, I'm a I'm a quality over quantity guy. I always will be. Also known as uh, pussy. Oh, sorry. I don't know if that's how that works, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm having a good time. You know, uh, been a grind of a week so far after a hell of a weekend, and so. You know, catching up on sleep, going to work, doing all that good stuff. And then we're back at it with a big weekend back at the alma mater. You're going back to Morningside? Well, we're going to a golf tournament. Oh, yeah. Big golfers this weekend. Um, You're going to miss the game of the year in Nebraska, Illinois. Um, Uh, No, I have my phone. Oh, that's true. Put it on the cart. Have a beer. I'm going to miss that, even though I don't. I mean, I don't care for either team, but I'm going to act like I'm going to miss the game. That's true. Okay. Last guy, Reese Snyder. How are we doing? I'm so happy to be back, guys. We had a great I'm weekend, so and now we're here to talk college football. It's what more could you ask for? Friends being friends, having fun. Hey, That's here's a quiz for you guys. Who was the first game we watched last year in the fall? Austin P and Eastern Kentucky. No, no, it was Austin P and P and who? I can't I think. I have no idea, man. It's Austin P. We took Austin P, who ended up losing, and we lost the bet. But they scored on the first play of the game. Fuck, who they play? Was it not Eastern Kentucky? No. Who was it? They're purple. Oh, Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas. Yep. I forgot. I remember that now. You remember yes. they scored in the first play of the game? Oh, yeah. First play of the game. Five minutes before kickoff. Yep. <laughs> what an electric start that was. But, okay, we have an action-packed episode. We're going to wrap up our talks on the group of five teams that matter and the independent. Uh, I guess that would be considered. Uh, Notre Dame, App State, Louisiana Lafayette, Coastal, Cincy, and Liberty are the teams we're going to discuss. And then we will go into week zero lines and picks. Picks are back. We are super excited to give you our picks. Um, it's going to be a huge year. 
and you can follow all of our picks on the Action app. If and that's real money picks, you'll obviously be able to see our picks on the Bigot app. Our lines that we'll give you are Bigot, but if we place real money bets, they will be on the Action app. We have each of our personal accounts that we will tweet out, and we have an It's Just Money account that will keep track of all of ours together. And then we're going to round it out with a draft on the best college football mascots. That is the physical mascot. So, for example, instead of the Stanford Cardinal, it would not be the Cardinal. It would be the actual tree. That was just too much of a discussion for my own head. I could not believe we could get Yeah, I was getting confused. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. took a minute to decide that today. We yeah. did, but we got there. That's all that matters. The we got Nick, there. Nickname and then one's a mascot, and we just could not get to that point. <laughs> no, we really couldn't. But we're here now. Uh, we have the idea behind it, and we're ready to go. But let's lead it off. Let's go into our final talks about the teams for this year. Um, let's lead it off with Cincinnati because I feel like they're probably the biggest name out of the team we're going to talk to other than Notre Dame. So let's lead it off with Cincinnati. Who wants to start? Yeah, Shafe, go ahead, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, last year when we kind of – I mean, we got into some arguments. I would definitely – arguments, I don't know, in-depth conversations. It was however you want to put it was does a group of five team belong in the college football playoff? And a lot of me and JP's argument was that they had to earn it. They had to win a certain amount of games, blah, 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 whatever. Parks was on the side of they go undefeated, they earn it. However, if any year were to be the year, this can be the year a group of five team gets into the college football playoff, given an undefeated season out of Cincinnati. I think they can do it. Will it be possible? I don't know. They are tested right away with two tough road games at Notre Dame and at Indiana. I think that those really set the tone for the season, and I think it's going to help in the long run, especially going into conference play. I mean, obviously, when you have Desmond Ritter coming back, he's obviously probably the best dual-threat quarterback um, in the country, or at least in the group of five area. I know JP has something to argue about that. However, I think Luke Fickle is definitely a top five coach in the country right now. His name was being thrown around for a lot of jobs last year. To get him to come back was absolutely huge. So they have their coach back. They have their quarterback back. They don't really need to change much um, over the offseason. Ritter, he's got a lot of help coming back. His two top targets, Alex Pierce and Michael Young Jr. are, are returning. So that's obviously going to be huge for his success as he threw for over 2,200 yards last year in the defense. Defense is the big thing. They were awesome on defense last year. Um, they actually ranked in third in pass efficiency in the country last year. And then on top of that, they added a Virginia transfer um, to, uh, by the name of Joe and Briggs, and he's going to add a lot of depth to that defensive line. And like I said, I think after their first few games non-conference, I think the rest of it's kind of a cakewalk as long as they can stay healthy. They have UCF, Tulsa, and SMU, I believe the – top of the American conference is going to give these guys a run. That's all. They're all at home. The rest of the games are on the road, easily taking care of games that they can play and go in there and win. So I think it's just a matter of, can they get through? I think it's the month of September. I don't know if they play Notre Dame. They, play a, they have a bye week in between. Okay. Even, even better. So if they can get through the first month and a half um, undefeated, it's going to be very interesting. I think in a scenario and you guys heard me defend Oklahoma, Iowa State, however, whatever. If both of those teams would have one loss, and I think if Cincinnati can run through the table and go undefeated, 
I don't see a scenario why you wouldn't keep this team out. Or, a lot of it will have to do with Indiana and how Indiana does. Because if, if they lose a quality win with Indiana not, or only win six or seven games, then you kind of lose some spice yeah. with all of that. Yeah, that get, that depends. Yeah, I guess like who you said, who they lose to. Yeah, um, but what does UCF get, do? UCF, you know, yeah. UCF has an opportunity to become a better win if they win a lot of games on their schedule. Like if they're sitting in a situation where UCF's like one or two loss and rank pretty high, like that can take – you know, the, you know, a little bit of the grudge off in Indiana, not a loss because you can't lose, but in Indiana not having a good year. So that's my whole thing on that. And I think with, you know, the simple fact that they lose their defensive coordinator who, you know, had kind of set up a nice and solid like three three five setup in Cincinnati and they had a lot of success, you know, in the past and things like that. I think they still have all that talent. It just becomes how much does this defense coordinator try to change things or how do we go in? to a, you know, an already action-packed schedule with an explosive Indiana and explosive UCF. We don't know if Notre Dame is going to be able to have to play one of the best, you know, running backs in the country and carry on Williams. So they're going to have a lot of things to, like, figure out. But I think at the same time, they have so much back. And the defense – like, defensively, the secondary and the defensive line are their two, like, strongholds. That's where they're great. Like, they have – you know, Mark Gardner was an all first-team all-AAC – performed last year, the defensive backfield, absolute animal, great DB. He has an argument to be a first-round draft pick, you know, a corner. So they have pieces. And the playoff community said, you need to schedule people. You need to win games. They went out and did that. So, I mean, they have – like, the blueprint's there. It's simply can, continuing to win games, continuing to have Luke Fickle grow a program, continuing to have Desmond Ritter not have a fallback year where there's more pressure on him than there was last year. Like, it's – how do you keep a team going? And I think a lot of that is, you know, coaching. So I, I would just say, I don't think Ritter needs to play better than he did last year. I think he just needs to stay the same. He, from last year to the year before, he improved his uh, completion percentage by 11%. Yeah. That's really hard to improve on. He's just got to stay consistent. If he can do what he does last year, I think the rest is going to take care of itself. And I didn't even mention the fact that they got Jerome Ford coming back and running back. The guy averaged 6.6 .6 yards per carry last year. He's an absolute stud. This offense is absolutely loaded. They got three new transfers coming in to filling, filling in some of those spots on the offensive line. And, yeah, JP, like we both talked about, their defense is absolutely loaded. That's yeah, where you find – that's where the difference is that lies with the Cincinnati team. A lot of these group of five teams, when they have a good year, they don't have that next man up that an Ohio State or Clemson has where it's just another sophomore or freshman coming up that's just as good. This Cincinnati team's the exact opposite. They kind of find themselves in a situation where you lose Jared Dokes in the backfield, their leading rusher from last year, and then you have Jerome Ford, who had just as much exposure and just as good as a year. I'm, I agree with Schaefer 100%. I don't think Desmond Ritter has to do anything. I think he'll be just as good, if not better, because he has that experience in the spotlight that he got from last year going 9-1. and one. So I think this team has an outlook of if they get through Notre Dame and Indiana, like we said, Indiana is a question mark. This team is definitely going to be in the conversation for a playoff. And with how the yeah. blowouts have been in the playoffs, I don't think they can keep them out again. I, so, don't be like that. Sorry, I was just saying, just don't be like that West Virginia team. It gives me a lot of West Virginia vibes from what was that, 07? When yeah. they were yeah. theirs to lose and they fucking blew but, it to a uh, pit. The difference to me is when you look at like P or G5 teams that have great years, and then they come back next year with a lot of hype. Usually it's a defense that lets you down. Like, you know, it's hard to find defensive specialists in G5 schools and, you know, to recruit those star DBs and big boys. You're more likely to develop them 
and go that way out rather than reload and things like that. But I think Cincinnati may be an exception to the rule there where the defense may shine. Like think about all the great Boise State years. Their defense was solid, but it wasn't incredible. Or you think about UCF and its big year. Like it was solid, but it wasn't like standout. Like they had the Griffin brothers. They had a lot of good pieces. But I think this defense is better than all of those. So I think that's that's, that's a, a testament to the coaching staff. Like Schaefer talked about, they did a great job transferring guys in. They lost leading tackle, tackler Jarrell White, and they still have Damon Beavers, who's going to be a monster this year. Um, but those big transfers will make this defense just that much better, and they're going to have a great year, in my opinion. I, so that's my next question. Where does this team end up? Realistically, how do you think they'll do, and where will they end up? Like that Notre Dame game is a tough out. That yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not high on Notre Dame, but I think they're not going to really go down as much as people think they are this year. <laughs> that game in South Bend is going to be a tough game. I'm super excited for it. I think it's going to be one of the top games uh, in the country this year. But I don't know. We'll see. Well, I don't know, JP. What do you think about that? I could see. Realistically, I could see ten or two, ten and two, or eleven and one. That's where I see them. I don't see them going undefeated just because they have those three really tough games. Like all three of those teams are preseason ranked in a lot of different polls. So one loss I think is being, you know, optimistic that they only lose one of those. I, I could see undefeated, but I'd rather throw my cards on a 10 and two or an 11 and one. And then you look at, you look at their schedule, right? It's that's the, the problem of being a group of five team is you go to that Indiana game and that's the game in South Bend. If you lose one of those two games, you already put yourself in a tough spot. And then if you get a loss in your conference, then you're pretty much statistically eliminated from the college football playoff. Well, we'll know October 16th. That's when they play UCF. That, and then they would have already played Notre Dame. They would have already played Indiana. We'll know at that point in time if they have a real shot. Like, we'll know pretty early. In they the play Tulsa as well, right? That could be a big one. Yeah, at home, though. Yeah, that's, they get all those games But even then, if they have a loss or two there, it doesn't matter if Tulsa, like, and let's not forget, Cincinnati owes us a beat. They owe us a good beat. That was so bad. <laughs> Last year, we took Cincinnati minus four against UCF, and they – what they do, kneel or go backwards? No, he, they, uh, <laughs> he just fell down. He just fell down. He fell down, and then they need two times. And then on fourth down – They tried to score and almost – They tried to it. score on fourth down after not trying to score on the two prior downs. Yeah. It made zero sense. It pissed me off. I hate I that. Remember. I hate that. I've we never understood it. We were praying for a 99-yard touchdown just so they'd lose. Yeah. Three. You score, it's over. You don't have to hold the ball. You score, it's over. Whether you kick a field goal or score, it's over. You don't even have to hold the ball. Like, it was you guys so stay with a little salt in your bad beats. Like, from whatever team it made you experience a bad beat, do you keep a little salt there? I'm right there. I, That's I, won, I won too many lucky games last year to really uh, – I'd be too upset about that. It was the dumbest thing. Say, since he helped me in their uh, bowl game, I like I money lined Georgia when they were down, and then that kick went in, and then I because then I parlayed them with like, I think the under in like the Auburn game or something like that. So they helped me out with that one, but I'm not salty about them yet. That that brings up a point we didn't touch on. This team lost to Georgia by three in the Peach Bowl last year. They blew so, a game. No yeah, they did lose it. They blew a game to Georgia. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. leading the whole time, and then they just had some miscues and let JT Daniels back in the game, and that was that. I was like, yeah, that was the one loss is to a team who has a has a shot for a title this year. I mean, that speaks a lot about that team. So, does that does that look bad on the college football playoff committee? Let's say Cincinnati wins that game and goes twelve and zero. How bad does that look though? Like, obviously, they avoided the situation with Georgia edging that out, but I just think of the outlook on that afterward. It's the same thing as UCF. Yeah, it's pretty similar to that when they shocked Auburn. God. I mean, how, 
I just don't under I don't know the argument ma- being made. They were they had nine wins against the majority of American Conference teams. We're going to keep out uh, Clemson or Notre Dame team that beat Clemson one point in the regular season. You had Ohio State, who was Ohio State, and they just had to go undefeated. And then Alabama was absolutely fantastic. Not, yeah, no, I'm not arguing that. I think Alabama would have won it anyway. But it's not like putting Notre Dame in is making these games really competitive in the college football playoff. They, they didn't have the non-conference to show it. Last they didn't year. have. They didn't have a single game to really like. Yeah flex on somebody that's the problem and that was also the problem with 2020 though so yeah but this could be the year and let's lead into that other team that was in that argument as well that had one game on their schedule debatably that could have put them in that went undefeated as well and that's coastal coastal carolina the shots are back grayson mccall is back what do we think about the shots this year i like i like the shots i'm not gonna you know i think they're a very solid team i think they have you know all the pieces and things like that of course when you bring a quarterback back like mccall who had already had such a standout year as a redshirt freshman like you have a lot of hopes for a team especially in a sunbelt that is you know up and coming and so they're trying to build a brand with the rest of the conference which i think really helps them it's not like they're trying to like you know, come out of the bottom of it. They're trying to build with Louisiana. They're trying to build with App State. Like, they're trying to build with other teams at the same time. So, I think it's very good to see that. You see 10 of 11 starters back on defense on a team that was pretty solid defensively most of the year. Um, there are not a lot of, you know, big-name guys. You do have, um, you know, obviously a lot of it was on C.J. Maribel and Grayson Call in the offense. But, you know, you lost uh, Taron Jackson, his defensive player of the year in the Sun Belt, which is, you know, if you don't know college football and things like that, you got to know this guy was an absolute animal in the defensive line. Like Nine just, sacks last year. Just a wrecking ball. It was, it's awesome to watch. And that wasn't a team, I think, you know, at the same time as a lot of things. Like, they ranked 31st in total defense last year. And that's not, like, going to, like, hit you in the face over or over the head with crazy stats. But they were solid the whole year. I mean, honestly, like, the one, you know, bluff that you can kind of put on their resume was giving up 37 in the – bowl game to Liberty like other than 30, that like, 38 to Troy yeah 38 to Troy is yeah two games in a row so kind of towards the end of the year but those think, games kind of swayed their stats too because if you look at the stats their defense average giving up 30 and a half points a game last year but it was so overshadowed by Maribel and McCall that offense could go down and score against anybody in the Sun Belt anytime they wanted yeah and you you bring a guy back you got a coach um and Jamie Chadwell who is very well hyped he's you know building this program and putting it into something good but I just to me I don't know it, like you have weapons Isaiah Likely's back we talked about him a lot last year he was kind of like you know the third horseman of the three horsemen last year for the shots and the offensive line stays intact so you have pieces there I just can you build on something that was so crazy of a year you know like it was such a crazy year for that school and you want it to grow and grow and grow, but how do you, how do you coach a team that's not used to this situation? Heck, not even not used to being in the FBS at this point in time, in the right direction without listening to any outside noise. And, you, and your, by the way, your quarterback was a freshman last year. Like, it, it's tough. It's a tough call, but I could see him doing really well. I just they're not my pick to win the Sun Belt, but I think they're a really no, solid. Team. I, no, I was gonna, I'm, I'm gonna pick that up where you left off, JP. I kind of agree. Um, like I said, like you said, JP, when they lose Taron Jackson, that's a big hole to replace. I know that 10 of the 11 are coming back, but when you lose a guy like that who can absolutely put pressure on any quarterback in that conference, that's tough. That's tough to lose. And, you know, you, you get a lot of quarterbacks that are coming back for a lot of good teams this year. 
However, you, you don't see that many teams losing a lot of great running backs. And C.J. Maribel is going to be someone they're going to have to replace, and it's going to show, I think, at some point during the season. And really, there are a lot of good teams in this conference. Like, the Sun Belt is not something that no. really people can shit on this year. Like, it's fun because it's so damn good. It's actually, yes, it's actually fun this year. I think Louisiana – we can get to the other teams, but I think Louisiana, I think Appalachian State – and honestly, I think you can watch out for Georgia State as well. Um, I'm high on Georgia State. Uh, they as long as they can play any defense. Pass yeah, game. they got to They got to They got to stop the ball. They can score. They just got to stop the football. Um, that's that's the key. They they return a lot of guys uh, on that defense. Nine starters, but like I said, their offense is coming back. That averaged 34 points a game, so they're not someone to sleep on either. So when we can well, get to all those teams, though. I wrote this down because I really thought this was something to kind of pay attention to. The schedule doesn't favor them to get any big wins no nope. like they, they, like they only play Kansas that's their only power five that was my only main point is that Coastal did not make themselves yeah. any more that's, of a case than they did last year that's no. tough I I just don't understand it I mean I, I, I get it you probably had a home and away and you didn't think Kansas was ever well, going to impact your schedule three, three years three ago times. or whatever they played them three times because they beat Kansas twice Okay, yeah, it, good. Yeah, it's good. The third time they play them. I think they like, play them again next year. I think it was a four year deal. Well, think I about it. They're just coming into the FBS. They probably had to set schedules for X amount of years. In front. Yeah. You think like Iowa, Iowa State. I, I think Iowa has games scheduled out to 2024. Like that's just yeah. how you do it because you set up a home and home or you set up a deal with a G5 school that needs the money and things like that. But I think in the future, if, if Chadwell stays and they continue to build, then you can see the AD and things like that going out and scheduling bigger teams, going and getting money games. Because if you're that school, there's a lot of money to be had. If you're Coastal and you're the name you are going into um, – go play Virginia or you're going to play West Virginia. You're going to play someone on the East Coast that would love to have that brand in there and then attempt to beat that brand. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of love within and that. And forget, this is a Coastal team that wouldn't have had another group uh, Power Five, and they didn't. Um, opposite of Kansas last year, if BYU, that game was scheduled. Like, yeah, I was just say COVID benefited them more than anybody. That game, was, that game on their schedule, yeah. that was huge for them. That game was scheduled like Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the main excuse for BYU. Yeah. BYU is supposed to go play Liberty, correct? Right. In Coastal had a bye week, and so they just like yeah, throw it on there. I thought Coastal was supposed to play Liberty. It might have been Co- no, because Liberty played. Cause, like, yeah, because they got the rematch in the bowl game. Well, it wouldn't be a rematch if they never played. Or, well, it was a make-up for the bowl game. Because I remember we had Coastal Liberty notes down, and then we just – yeah, we kept the same. Either way, BYU came in – somebody came in on a bye week on short notice and traveled, which I still don't know how they got them to go to Coastal. Yeah. BYU is kind of like the more established brand, but I think it had to have been just logistics and affordability and stuff like that. That's my guess. I think all in all, you look at this team, and they're going to make their run through their awful schedule again – without C.J. Maribel, but when they run into those games against the team we're about to talk about next, Louisiana Lafayette, they're, they're going to be in trouble, especially on the defense side of ball. Louisiana Lafayette, return Levi Lewis, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But I think Coastal will have like, their year again. They won't have anything impressive on their resume, and they'll end up in a middle-of-the-pack bowl game. I don't think it'll be. We'll um, get, they'll get the second G5 spot. Whoever wins the Sun Belt will get the number two G5 spot, unless right. since he has two losses. That's my thing. Or – or I guess if we go back to the Mountain West, we talk Boise State, Nevada, thing, San Jose State. You got to pay attention to those G five twos because they're technically closer to the top than some of these Sun Belt teams. It feels like. However, I will mention 
Coastal, from experience, great team to bet on. So when you look at their lines, look hard. That was okay. one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. What? What? How good they that were? Pick six to cover. You know I'm talking about yeah. electric. Oh yes, that was electric. electric. That was a lock. That was never a doubt. <laughs> I said that before they got the ball. It was huge. That was the best. Is you were like, we need a pick, and we need him to house it. <laughs> Next thing you know, ball goes up. Pick house, house. <laughs> Go to the house, baby. That was easy bet, easy money. Shout out Coastal. Okay, let's jump to Louisiana Lafayette. Um, who wants to lead us off? I feel like I, I should have the honor since they gave me depression for at least a three-week span last year, starting with the first week of college football. This is the team that lost to Coastal in a close game and then should have had their rematch against them in the championship game and didn't get it. So do you think they're up for revenge? I, I think so. I think Le- Levi Lewis, um, we're going to need to see more consistency out of him. I think that he's a good enough quarterback to win a conference championship for him, but he wasn't necessarily the guy you know they lose um both of their running backs and elijah mitchell and trey ragas that that's where they relied on in their entire offense last year was giving it to those two guys they had a defense that was steady as it came um they had given up 22 points and all they had to do was control the football give it to to those two guys and let levi lewis not to uh, turn the ball over they're going to need to rely on him for more playmaking abilities this year if they want to be as successful as they want to be um, I think that defense is going to be really scary. I think it's going to be the best in the conference. Returning 10 of those starters, um, like you talked about, Parks. And they get at State at home, uh, but they have two tough non-conference games. They got at Liberty and at Texas. They opened in Texas. I, and I think that's what's going to benefit them down the road. Playing those two games in non-conference play is going to matter when it comes to December and they play Coastal in that conference championship if they play Coastal or App State, whoever makes it out of that side of the division. I think this is your Sunbelt champ, if I had to set my opinion. And let's not forget, this is a Louisiana Lafayette team that opens the year last year with a win at Iowa State, who's the top 10 in the country team now. And then now they open with Texas. That game is very winnable for Louisiana Lafayette, especially winnable. The issue becomes is that you're bringing in a new coach. And so a new coach, like everybody's already up for a first game for a new coach in Sarkin, Texas. And the ability to make that a lull spot for Texas is a little different when you bring in a new coach. It's back with fans. Like, things like that are going the other way. But that's that's a game they could win. And I think they could win um, in dramatic fashion and just kind of maybe control one side of the ball yep. and decide and making de- or Texas, you know, build on an offense that Sark has kind of put in <laughs> year one with a new quarterback and a new scheme. And, like, I, I just think it's a very winnable game. They beat Iowa State on, what was it, a punt return, a kick return, and an 85-yard touchdown pass. I mean, three just huge plays. And then defensively, they just controlled the entire game. So yeah. that's how they're going to beat these these tough teams. Yeah, and I, I like Levi Lewis. And I think he kind of took a step back last year for his own standards. But the, here's the thing is I love Billy Napier. I think he's a great coach. I think he's one of the best G5 coaches out there. I think he's underrated. He doesn't get as much love um, as other coaches do. But I can see him starting to get – a big job here soon because he's done so well at Louisiana and built, he's built that program. He is that program. So I think that is, you know, something to pay attention to um, feature back. Like we were talking about with Shafe, you know, that's got, you got to find a feature back. Uh, they bring it in Texas A&M transfer um, Jacob Cabote. And then they got all purpose man, Chris Smith, Chris Smith got over 1600 all purpose yards the last two years. So he's not been the feature back in the backfield, but he's been, you know, moved around. So it's, can you find a feature back for the run-heavy offense at Levi Lewis? So, I think yes. I think they've done it before. They could do it again. And I think 
you'll find out pretty quick on just how much they believe in Lewis this year. Like how much, like if he takes a step forward in game one against Texas and they still lose, I think you'll still see a great year out of them. But if he, it just plays same as he did last year, a little below that, they don't have a chance in Austin. So I think that's good, but he has his whole, you know, receiver back and he's got a TCU transfer coming in or his whole receiver room, excuse me, coming back and a TCU transfer and all these guys, they have playmakers. The tools are there for this kid to have a breakout year in Louisiana to be a G5 school to be reckoned with. I mean, does it happen? I don't know, but I think the defense is going to be the better side of the ball. In all honesty, I mean, they ranked six in passing um, last year or pass defense last year and return all their linebackers and there's just pieces all over the place. And the Sun Belt is very winnable for them where you look at App State who may have ta- may take a you know step back. We'll get to them in a bit or Coastal who's coming off, you know, big year. Maybe they have a hangover year or Georgia State who's just trying to get their footing with Cornelius Brown. And just there's a lot of different things going on. But this has been Louisiana's conference for a while. And I think it stays that way. So that's a conference outlook. Obviously, we know Schaefer's opinion. He thinks this is the team that will come out of the fun belt. What do you think uh, Louisiana Lafayette's outlook is for the year? Do you think they win the Sun Belt? I think they win the Sun Belt. I think they have maybe one loss within the conference, though. Um, and I think they could lose one or two games in the whole year. So I could see a Liberty loss, and I could see a Texas loss. And then, obviously, you mix in an App State. I think one to two losses, again, and same as Coastal, is very, you know, very realistic. Okay, there's our thoughts on Louisiana Lafayette, another group of five team to watch out for, and our favorite out of the Sun Belt. Let's jump to Appalachian State, stay in the Sun Belt this time. Um, we're going to go to the other side, that pairing with Coastal. There's some good teams, good football happening in the Sun Belt right now. Let's talk about the last one we're going to talk about from that conference in Appalachian State. JP. Yeah, Chase Bryce is going to get a chance to really redeem himself after a bad year at Duke. And it's, it's simple as that. I mean, they didn't have a good year at Duke with Cutcliffe. Duke's not very good anyway, but he really struggled just turning it over generally, just throwing picks. He was, you know, uh, turning the ball over, putting the ball on the carpet and fumbles and things like that. So this is the year he has to take a step forward. And App State's had, you know, three good years of um, quarterback play and a history of good quarterback play. But how much can he step forward? You know, um, I think you look at, um, oh my goodness, you look at, What they've done in the yeah, I know. <laughs> what they did last year and last year and honestly, to me it was a step back. Like it was not the year that they wanted to have. Whether whether they were talented as the other two teams in the conference, I don't think they were. But I do think that they expected more of themselves. And you're and that's a team that was just like Coastal not too long ago. They make a bump up to the FBS and they start controlling and make establish themselves within the Sun Belt and then throughout the whole G five. So Something to pay attention to for sure. Um, let's, not, got tough games. let's not miss Cameron Peoples here. Yeah, a absolute animal of the back. And the, to me, if you can start – like to me, I like a, run, a good run game. Everything starts with a run game to me. I think when you look at the Big Ten and what I watch all the time, that's kind of what I have watched my whole life. But I think App State's very similar to Louisiana and the fact that they want to run the ball really well. They want to stay balanced. They want to run a play action attack at you. They can spread it out and make plays if they need to, but this is what they want to do. They want to establish the run and go off of that. So um, I think that's a big get. If you can keep people's and healthy and make him the workhorse, that's huge. Corey Sutton comes back after opting out of the 2020 year. He's going to be the main threat um, at receiver for Bryce. So 
they have pieces again. I think they have less pieces than the two teams we talked about previously, but I think they're still dangerous to anybody they play. And they play in Miami this year at Miami. So uh, pay attention to how where that line is. I was just going to talk about their schedule for a second. Listen to this. So they got they had start the well they play Eastern Carolina. Okay, scratch that. They have Miami, okay, on the road. Elon, whatever, chalk it up as a win. They have to avenge their loss from last year. They get Marshall at home, and then listen to this three three straight games in conference play, at Georgia State, at Louisiana, Coastal at home. I mean, five of those six games could be win or loss. I mean, they could very much lose all of those games. I think they could probably win all those games outside of, I mean, JP said it, but I think Miami's going to beat App State. I'm not too worried about it. But five of those six games are very 50-50 chances. So I would put Troy down at Troy as another 50-50 game for App State. Yeah, and that's at the end of the year. But I'm saying that six-game stretch, it gets really, really rough for App State. Those are, those are really good teams they got to play. That's another team that we talked about earlier from our earlier preview episodes is those murderers row games are common throughout all schedules this year. There's a lot of teams with three games in a row that are completely losable, if not going to be probably some of the best games of the year. Nebraska has one. Iowa has one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State definitely had the Big 12. That, that, that's another conference that I was looking at, again, is, is a little bit more scary than we think. Um, but this team, especially at Georgia State and at Louisiana, back-to-back weeks is going to be really tough on this team. Well, after having Marshall at home, and we know Marshall's a lot of people's pick to win the CUSA. And so, to me, defensively, again, it goes back to the defense and what can they do? They bring back seven of their top their top seven tacklers the last year. So they bring back experience. They bring back guys that have made plays for them in the past. And they intercept. They had 15 interceptions last year, which is another huge perk. Because if you can, if you're playing a team like Coastal, who's kind of like a spread triple option that also throws the ball as much as they do, if you have the ability with DBs to lock some people down on the outside, um, then you got a big chance. Like again. Levi Lewis has struggled. So if they can get pressure up front and have these DBs locked down on the backside, they have the ability to make plays and make turnovers. So they got a lot of things going on for them. Um, Defense is ranked 18th nationally last year, which is way better than I thought they were. I didn't realize they had, you know, the numbers. Again, they were kind of counted out early after they lost to Coastal. So, um, but you bring back nine starters and all of them are the best of the best of what they had. So uh, Miami and Marshall, again, so it's awesome to see that they're playing Marshall and it's awesome to see they're playing Miami. So I think they have great opportunity to win some big games, but I can also see them, you know, in that eight win area where it's a step down to build up. I think Bryce has got to rejuvenize his career. It's also Appalachian state, which everybody, every college football fan that's ever even viewed the sport can picture that Michigan block field goal. That could be another situation where this team is even better than that team was and could beat a Miami team in Florida this year, 100%. I think that's – I mean, I said it. I said it in a couple pods ago. I said Miami could legit be irrelevant after two weeks. And Schaefer's wearing the Miami yeah, shirt. I'm wearing my, I'm wearing my U shirt for the for the tonight. <laughs> There's a lot of U talk going around. But let's go conference player of the year out of Sunbelt. Obviously, we talked about three teams. Offensive, I think it's going to be between the three guys we mentioned, Cameron Peoples, Levi Lewis, and Grayson McCall. Who do you think takes it? Ah. Uh, I think you could throw Chase Bryce in there if he has a crazy year and App State wins a lot of games, but they have to win a lot of games for that situation. It's hard to go back-to-back if you're talking about McCall. Um, you know, so I'll take 
I'll take Levi Lewis. I think if the best team in the conference has a great year offensively, it's going to be because of him. So I think it's hard to repeat. We don't know if we're getting out of Chase Bryce, so I'll take Levi Lewis. I think that my gut tells me just to go with McCall. I think McCall will – I think they're going to lose maybe one game within conference, but I think they'll find their way back to the conference title game. So probably give me McCall, but watch out for Cornelius Brown. Um, out of Georgia State, if they throw up a lot of games, for if him. they throw, yeah, if they well, if they win their games, they throw up a lot of numbers on offense. Watch out, somebody watch out for. I think we're gonna have three different picks here because I'm gonna take App State's running back, though running back, y'all. JP, is that how it goes? Um, uh, Cameron Peoples, I think he's a monster, and people kind of forget about him. He rushed for 1,100 yards last year and 12 touchdowns. So this is a force to be reckoned with if he can stay healthy. So I'll take Cameron Peoples to win player of the year. Okay, let's go to the independence. Let's lead it off with Liberty. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Notre Dame. Liberty, go ahead. Hey, you want me to do this? You go first. This is this is your team, Jordan. Oh, my yeah. God. You hang up. No, somebody go. This is one of the teams I'm very excited to see. I think one of easily the top three teams that I'm excited to watch this year. And a lot of it's for one reason. His name is Malik Willis, and we've done this time and time again. I don't even have to explain the name anymore. Um, 940 yards rushing last year. He had 200 or 2,260 pass yards last year. Absolute animal leading passer, leading rusher of the team. Uh, he gets his entire offensive line back. He gets um, Noah Firth back at the receiver, and he gets community college assessment more and other things back. So he has Joshua Mack as well, who was a great running back for them last year. Like he has so many pieces again to put up the same exact numbers. And to me, that's that's everything because you have so much on you as a quarterback. If you have the ability to put some of that pressure onto somebody else and have that relieved off of you, it can do so much to help out your confidence and things. And I'm not saying he's not confident already. He has every right to be. But the guy has all the talent in the world. And to have those people there with him is a huge deal. Um, honestly, Hugh Freeze, you could have your opinion, your opinion on what he's done in the past, but he's built this program as well. So – it's, it's a crazy thing to kind of think about how many games they can win without talking about the defense and, you know, what does the defense bring again? Like, how do you, how do you excel a program that won, you know, some huge games last year, they were two and one against the ACC and lost by a point to NC state. Like they had some great wins. They only lost one game and they go and beat coastal who everybody was high on. Like they did everything anybody asked them to and more last year. How do you build on that? You get the defense better. That's going to be as far as they go is how well that defense can play. And there are some question marks there. But, again, I think the offense will be just fine. I think they can win a lot of games. You know, they play at Troy. We were talking about Troy's always a snippy game where, you know, you can go in there and lose a game where Troy has kind of been more down than that they would like to be. But that's still a program that to be scared of. Um, they play at UAB, who's solid again. A lot of people like them in Conference USA. And then they go to – at Ole Miss, and then Louisiana back-to-back weeks late in the year. So they got a little bit of a schedule, I think, just as hard as last year. Maybe not your ACC names, but they play – like the top end of the, what they're playing is better than what they saw last year. So, again, defense will carry them as far as they want to go. Malik Willis, Dark Horse Heisman situation. Again, he's a G5 guy, so a little tougher to get to New York being in the G5, but it's possible. 
I'm on the same page there. I'll just mention one thing about Liberty. I don't have a ton on him, but I think I'm on the same page as JP where I think a lot rides on Malik Willis's health. I think if he stays healthy, even his talent alone and how that offense can play can keep up with however many points the defense gives up. If he gets hurt, this team's going to be in trouble in those last few weeks at Old Miss, like JP said, and against Louisiana are going to be thrashings. Yeah. And even if you think about, like, going to Syracuse, they got to play Syracuse, not a good ACC school, but it's still an ACC school that's tough to go on the road early in the year where Syracuse has probably had a couple wins and people are still feeling good about that program at that point. That's a tough game. So, I mean, they have, they have every right to be optimistic about this year, but they also got to be cautious about how they go about it. I've just heard a lot of really good things about Willis. You know, and apparently he joined the Elite 11 camp, and I told you this, J.P., and I don't remember who who reported it. It was probably um, God. What's his name that runs the? Doesn't matter who runs the Elite Eleven. But he said the one surprising guy out of all those guys was Willis, and that was a guy or that was a camp. Sorry, that had Rattler, Howell, um, you name it. Quarterback galore. This when you get a guy like him back, and like you said, you get that huge chunk of that offense back. The sky's the limit for this team. JP, you talked about the schedule, and it's a little bit better on the top-heavy side of things with Ole Miss on the road and Lafayette at home. I think this schedule is kind of a joke to where I think that they can easily win 10 or 11 games. I think that the ceiling is higher for Lewis or Willis, sorry, um, better than anybody else in the country. And I think he can take this team to an undefeated season, like you said, if the defense – proves otherwise you know I I don't know I think really high of this guy I think when we talked about like Ritter and McCall it's like okay you get all your pieces back you just have to stay consistent yeah. and I think that those guys will stay consistent I think Willis can elevate his game even more just for just by how talented he is and I think this is a do team they, do they play anybody that like they could make a shot at a football playoff if they will go undefeated Ole Miss and UAB are probably the best. Uh, or Louisiana Lafayette over UAB. Ole Miss is a pick to have, you know, a decent year. So, yeah, that helps them. And I don't – yeah, I don't know. It's going to be like a – it would be like a Cincinnati last year, though. They would, if they, they run have, the table, they have they better wins. What? I, Liberty would have better wins this year than Cincinnati did last year. Yeah, I mean, I guess if, if they went undefeated. But yeah, that's what I mean. I can't see Liberty beating Old Miss. I can't do that right now, especially with the year they're supposed to have. They got beat by a pretty average ACC team last year. It's a close game that they probably should have won, but it's hard for me to say that Liberty me, will be in that top. Let me tell you, you think that both defenses are going to suck and that's an overpick them? Uh, well, guess what? Five points. <laughs> remember, remember last year, that NC State-Liberty game, we're like, that's an absolute lock for an over. The number was at like 70 and then what did like NC State 12. win? 17 to 7 or something like, like that? 15 to 11. It was the yeah. worst. <laughs> the over was an absolute lock. And then they ended up scoring less than 30 points combined. They lost. Now that you said that, it brought this to my mind, and I have to mention it. Did you guys see the video pop up that it was a year ago or two years ago today where TCU and Baylor were at 18 points and the over was 48 and it hit? That just brings back. That's a good beat memory, right? Like, <laughs> That was good for you, bad for somebody else. Fuck them. I mean, (laughs) Uh, Baylor. I had Baylor minus three that day. I don't even know who won the game. Baylor. Baylor. I ended up winning the bet, but the fact that that even got to that point is 
horse. It was the most stressful thing ever. No, that's knowing the game, man. It's going over. Fifty-three yarder to tie it at nine at the end of regulation was a lock. Um, okay, let's jump to Notre Dame, the other side of the independent teams. Obviously, they lose Ian Book after they get thrashed last year by Alabama in the college football playoff yet again. I want to open this team with talks about their schedule. Holy shit. Florida State, Purdue, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, USC, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Stanford. Wow. It's no cake. A lot of work to do. Yeah, that's a lot of work to do with a big piece of Ian Book being lost. Okay. Open it up. I did. It's a very tough schedule, and I think that it all comes down to Jack Cohen. I think he's a guy that can keep the ship going, but I also feel like he's a guy that could kind of sink this ship to the ground. Um, he took a year off. I mean, not he didn't take the year off. However, he just didn't play last year um, after getting beat out and getting hurt. So he's got some stuff. He's got some playmaking to catch up on, and he knows how to win. I think we mentioned this last week. But when you return a guy like Kyron Williams, that helps a lot. That's going to take a lot off the pressure of his shoulders. Um, he's a, one of the top backs in the country. He's as good as they come. Uh, they lost their defensive coordinator, and they lost a lot of guys on defense. So it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> they kind of get the best of every, every single uh, team of, that's yeah. best in their conference. You know, we talked about Toledo. Uh, they're going to be probably the best team in the MAC. You know, we got – Cincinnati and they're the best in the American you have USC who's arguably top three in the uh, Pac-12 you get North Carolina who's arguably uh, two three maybe even one in a scenario in the ACC they're getting a lot of different teams at their best uh, season in a long time so don't forget about Wisconsin yeah and that's that's it's a it's a homecoming for Jack I that game's going to be really really exciting um, I don't know they they that's have a title Oh, you're right. You're right. It's neutral field. Neutral field. Yeah. I feel like this is a team, another one of the teams in college football this year, that you really won't have an idea until they put a product on the field. With losing such a big piece of that offense, which Ian Book was, they did return a decent amount of guys otherwise, but just that piece missing is going to make it so hard to tell until you see them play. They lost nine starters on offense. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they're resetting hard. And it – and Jack Cohn, I, I don't know, man. I wrote it down three times, Jack Cohn, Jack Cohn, Jack Cohn, because he is literally everything, and that is everything you need to know about that team lies with what he does. So, to me, it's simply down to that. This will be solid. Carrion Williams will be a great back. You have the, They already were run heavy with Book there, so I can just see them continue to do that because Cohn doesn't move as well as Book did. But – but that schedule and that team and the same thing that happens every year where they're ranked before the season, I've never been bought into Notre Dame. It took me a long time to buy into Notre Dame last year. And even then I was skeptical, but I mean, I don't know about this year. I like exactly what Park said. I'm going to have to see something on the field before I say anything else on the team. Like, I, I don't know. I don't have like a true outlook on what this team could be. Nine, 10 wins or less than that. I'll say less after seeing the schedule. Eight, eight or nine. Eight or nine. I think eight's a sweet spot there. I think nine is, and I, I think, think they're over under game is, that Cincinnati game is huge. You could go either way. Yeah, I think their over under is at nine. I think that's what it is. So that would make a lot of sense. 
But, but, I, again, but they I, do – they get all these teams at home. They Like you said, I mean, the Wisconsin game's a neutral site. They get North Carolina at home. They get Cincinnati at home. You say what you want. I mean, I get you that. go to the South Bend, that's, that's, a different, that's a different atmosphere, man. I, I get that, but I think USC is used to going there. North Carolina is used to playing at tough places. Like, I get that it's a tough place to play, but you're not necessarily getting teams who don't know how to handle those situations. I feel like you said it. I don't know. I really don't. I have no idea. Oh, okay, so you talk about uh, USC and UNC. Cincinnati might not be a team that's used to going there. Yeah, I said that when you guys we were all talking, and I said that and nobody caught it, but I said, yeah, Cincinnati is the one team that's not used to going there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. That's and that Cincinnati is going to need that game more than anything in the world. So you could get an overhype situation to where no. they can't control their emotions, or maybe Notre Dame is comfortable being at home. So I don't know. Tough place, tough team to talk about, especially without them. Touchdown, like, Jesus. Oh yeah, and touchdown, JP. That got on your side. That's the best home field advantage you need. That is <laughs> quite literally. Yeah, quite literally. Um, okay. Now we got Rudy too, you know, we can bring Rudy back for a fifth year. I'm sure he's got some eligibility left. That guy sucked. <laughs> Don't you ever talk about who, who you taking who are you taking in the hole, Reese or Rudy? I'm taking Reese. I'm plowing that sack of potatoes. So I think good. Reese is lighting Rudy up. They Low should, man wins. I thought you meant like they should remake the Rudy movie and make it like somewhat realistic, like in what movie was that? The Comebacks Reese, where that kid gets on the field and just gets. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what would happen. Rudy would get truck stick. Can you or imagine the, if Eric Henry met Rudy in the hole? In the wa- Water Boy, where it says a Michigan brought in a Towel Boy receiver. And yeah. Yeah, Patrick Sage showing how himself getting lit up. But the uh, towel, no. he's doing a torpedo. Rudy couldn't compete. I'll tell you that much. But now is the time. We are going to make picks. I am so excited. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Week zero lock and predicting. We are back. We are so back. Let's open it up. We are getting Doug back. Yeah, there we go. We are. Is that another uh, movie line, JP? What's another movie club? Yeah, I really understood that one. I got. I got. I did too, JP. Okay. Well, okay. We're the four. We are so back. Let's open it up with Nebraska and Illinois. Nebraska is a seven-point favorite. The total is 55. The over-under is 55 on the money line. If you're going to take Illinois, they're plus 230. And Nebraska is minus 265. These lines are presented by Vigit, brought to you by Vigit. Download the Vigit app today. Use the code. It's just money for 1,000 free coins. What is the play? You don't want to go first? Well, I, I was going to say, have you noticed in the movie The Hangover where they talk about – you know, Alan think we're the three best friends and they're looking for the fourth. That's kind of <laughs> shitty that he just leaves him out of that. So that's tough. I was just thinking about that. Now that Reese was singing it and there's four of us and there's three in that. I don't know. Well, Doug, Doug is Alan's sister's husband. Yeah, but they're still friends, I thought. Yeah, but their wolf pack grew by one and then it grew by two. Exactly. So he would The wolf pack was formed because Doug was lost. So it was a tough time. No, false. He was there when they started the wolf pack. Well, it doesn't matter. As long well, as when he talks about there. the wolf pack at the beginning, he adds it, Doug, and then Doug introduces him to Phil and Stu. Exactly. Then he goes, did my wolf pack grow by two? And I thought, yeah, yes, it has. My, 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 my wolf pack of one was now one of four. <laughs> okay, we went off on a tangent. Let me repeat Pete the lines. As we look Nebraska for strippers and cocaine. Nebraska and Illinois, noon this Saturday, August 28th. 
Nebraska seven-point favorite. The over-under is 55. You're betting Illinois in the money line. They're plus 230. What is the play? This game is setting the tone for the entire season for both of these teams. If I'm a Nebraska fan, I am not sleeping (laughs) this entire week, okay? (laughs) This is a game that they need. Not that they want. They need this game. And people can deny it all they want. However, I – I think, I think Nebraska can get it done. I think seven's a good spot for them. I think they can very well take away this football game. You think seven's a good line for them? You think yeah, that I think six and a half is a great line. I think it's, it, I think it's fine. It's it just – What? It started at nine, nine and a half. It's come down. That's, that's fine because a lot of people love Illinois. Adrian Martinez, wake the fuck up. Okay, you're a guy who a lot of people were high on, even had Heisman for talks one year. The last for year. One year. That was, it's been a bit. So, like, he – I agree. It's like it's got to improve fast. It's got to improve now or it's not going to get any better because he's had – he hit this peak where everybody's like, oh, I, I'll admit, like, and I was like, we got to play this guy three more years. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I don't want to do that. And then it just went, foo, just down. I'm like, I mean, it's, it's now or never for this guy. He's made a lot of body changes, inside information. He made a lot of body changes. He's thinned down. He's more lean. He's supposed to be moving better in the pocket, so sad. So we'll see. I ain't worried about his body type. I'm worried about him throwing the damn football. Well, that's what cost him so much last year. That's why he had an awful year last year. He couldn't scramble out of the pocket. He put on 23 pounds, and he did not move as well on his knees, turned into gelatin. So I think it'll be a lot different for him if we can move better. Here are two things that scare me for Nebraska. Illinois is returning 18 starters that whooped on them last year, put up 41 on them. And is this off-field stuff too much for Frost and this team to handle? This is a, there's a lot of controversy going around. This new AD has not liked Frost from the beginning. It's known that they were the ones to bring up the situation. So this loss really is just another easy excuse to get rid of them. Okay. I, however, I think if Martinez can take care of the football, both of these teams can put up some decent points. That's why I'm not playing either or. I'm going to be playing the over. 55 is a good number, okay? I can see this being a 35, 21, 35. Real, like, here's – you're talking about scoring points, and I, I know we'll go to that because I'm liking what you're saying about the over-under. What weapons do they have to supplement what Martinez does? Like, you, you've lost Wondell Robinson. You've lost guys in the past. You've lost Luke McCaffrey. you Thomas Fedone's hurt. Like, you have every, like, there's a lot of things like alarming to me. Where do they go with the ball? I get you're bringing a USC transfer and Marquis Steph, who's probably an absolute animal, former four star guy, going to be great for that offense. will probably fit it perfectly. But, like, you need weapons around you. And I think he can improve as much as he wants, Martinez, but he's going to have to need help. He's going to need help because he's the not going to. The names you're looking for are Xavier Betts is going to be big this year from the outside. And then Austin Allen, returning tight end Austin Allen, just named team captain, 6'8, can catch the ball like crazy, um, can take a hit. He, got, he runs too upright. He gets absolutely mashed when he goes to the middle of the field. Um, but those are going to be the two weapons that he has. But I agree with you. That was their problem last year. He, there really wasn't that standout target. There was nobody that was the go-to guy on third and five or third and seven. So they, they've been missing that piece, but those are the names that are said to be those names now. And, and listen to me, I love the t- a tight end as much as anybody in the country. I'm a fan of Iowa. We use them for 90% of our passing offense, it feels like sometimes. You have a great tight end. You've still got to have weapons on the outside. Those are 
those are like fallback guys. They're a great security blanket. They're not going to, you know, blow you away with speed downfield and a, you know, a deep threat, things like that. So they're going to need that. Um, but you know, how much, at the same time, does Illinois even stop them? Like defensively, does Illinois even have a chance to stop them? Like they've returning, you know, 40 some guys, they have 40 some seniors this year. They have a lot of experience, but talent or experience doesn't always bring talent. So, I mean, that's where I, I kind of go on that tangent. I need your guys' assistance because I have actually been thinking about making a play in this game. I get it. It's my team. That's not something that I normally have ever done. That's what I'm thinking too. Um, if I were to make a play, I was going to take the first quarter over. The last five matchups, there's been at least two touchdowns scored in the first, the first quarter between Illinois and Nebraska. There was three last year, and the first quarter over is 12. So I really like that pick. And I, think that teams, I think teams can come out scoring early. Yeah. It's either, either Nebraska's one. first drive is always their best drive. It, no matter what, under Scott Frost, Nebraska's first drive is always impressive. Get out touchdowns while you can't do field goals. That's what always scares me about quarters. Well, the good news is our field goal kicker, Connor Culp, he's actually not that bad, but our field goal kickers have been fucking awful, <laughs> and so is Illinois. So, and the last, like I just said, the last last year after the first quarter was 14-7. The year before that, it was 7-7. Like, they, these teams scored touchdowns in the first quarter. I don't know what it is, but I love that over. I think these are two teams that just need this game really badly. I know that both of them like to run the football and slow things down. However, I don't think both of these defenses are worth a shit. And I think that they're going to come out with all their best plays and everything that they got first game of the year. They've had a month to prepare for this game. So that's the talk is that Nebraska's defense is where it's going to be this year. Like that's the changes that have been made. There's a lot of seniors coming back that are more experienced that came in as junior college transfers. So there's been a lot of talks that the defense is supposed to be better. I'm not trying to hype the team up. They're still bad. But I think Nebraska actually does win this game. I, mean, I, I, I agree they need it. It just reminds me of when Illinois came to town and Nebraska was wearing the black shirts last year. And I was like, they earned those? Like, that was weird. It was weird because that's, that's a game where you have Adrian Martinez doesn't play until the last drive of the game, drives down the field and scores 65 yards. Granted, it's garbage time. They're down 41-23 at the time. Drives down the field and scores with ease. Luke McCaffrey starts, fumbles second pass of the game. Illinois is up 7 nothing with 14 minutes and 11 seconds in the first quarter. So that game was weird. I will agree that they we did get our ass kicked in Illinois. It's gone either way. Every time we play them, it's either 45-24 Nebraska or 41-27 Illinois. So it'll be wasn't interesting. That, wasn't that that game in Champaign a couple of years ago pretty high scoring? And well, they, 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 59-45. They couldn't stop scoring. It was incredible. You couldn't That's, even blink. You couldn't take your eyes off the screen, I'll tell you that. So no, I, I like the overpick. Cash it. Yeah, and in Illinois, for me, you know, it's going to be interesting watching Bielano come back to the Big Ten. He's already implemented things. He already likes what he's seeing. Again, every coach likes what they're seeing when you're not playing games, right? So they've got to have a – Scott Frost is the king of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Brandon, Brandon Peters has got to, you know, lift this team up. They're going to need a lot of help in a lot of different spots. But Brandon Peters is back again. Um, and to win games for Illinois in a year where they have so much – seniority I'm not gonna say experience they had a lot of seniority on their team they're gonna need a lot of help from a guy like that who's been around the block in the big ten a time or two so honestly like I, I don't know I, I don't know what to think of Illinois but I don't hate seven I don't I, like I if I was gonna play seven I'd rather be plus seven than minus seven in this game in my opinion but I think the over-under is a smart play too I think that's a good spot to be considering what you have on both sides um you know, with Martinez on offense and 
at Nebraska, and then you have an experienced Peters and a new Bielema scheme in the Big Ten. So we'll definitely see. I mean, there's not – Illinois is not a team of names for in, you know, by any stretch, and they haven't been for a while. And Nebraska is a team that has had some names, and this year they haven't. But this is going to tell a lot. I mean, I think if for a quarter in, you'll know if that's going to be an over or not. Okay. That wraps up Nebraska-Illinois talk. God, I hope Nebraska wins. I need it for my personal hope for the uh, to live. Um, but let's jump to the next one. There's not – those are probably – that's probably the biggest two names that games are swinging around is those two, those two teams in week zero. Um, UCLA and Hawaii is probably next after that. Well, let's jump to a different game right now. Let's go to UConn and Fresno State. UConn is playing their first football game in 600-and-something days. Mm-hmm. Fresno State is favored by 27-and-a-half. Yep. The over-under is 63. If you're betting the money line on Vigit and you take UConn, they're plus 2,375 to win. Fresno State is minus 6,094. So that's probably not your best value there. And then if you're betting on DraftKings, which is what we use most of the time, UConn is plus 1,600 and Fresno State is minus 3,800. What is the play? Well, UConn, welcome back. Welcome to your first year. Welcome back. Welcome yeah. to this ass kicking you're about to get fucking met. Come on, baby. Hype me up. Hype me fucking up, Bulldogs. Let's go. Give me the fucking Bulldogs. Seven and a half your land. 28. I am hammering it. Four yeah. touchdowns. It'll be 28 points by the fucking half, dude. If I was going to softly lead into that, but I, <laughs> Sorry. I was going to softly lead into that, but then all of a sudden I got a guy hammering his computer screen trying to get the – I'm this fired up about this bet. I'm this fired up. Is that the lock of the week? I, I was going to say, if you guys gave me one. No, I'll give you, I'm going to earn that back. He's got to earn that back. He's got to earn it back. I got to earn it back. I don't even remember why you lost it. Because the year ended. I, I think I lost like two in a row, maybe. Yeah, I don't do know. pretty solid to start through last year anyway. Five and yeah, one. That's why he got yeah. it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jordan, again. Jordan, please, Jordan, please carry on and then I'll, I'll back it up. <laughs> okay, so I, what I was saying is this is UConn's first game as an independent. You may remember that they left um, different, or they left the American to be a football independent. Do I know why? No, I think that hurts a program to go independent when you're already that bad. So, I mean, what's, what's, going to attract you to go play football at UConn when they're an independent and they're already terrible. Not a lot. Um, Fresno State has got a lot of hopes in competing for the Mountain West. I think they have a lot of, you know, hype around um, Jack Hayner. He was Mountain West's leading passer in 2020, which was, was very impressive when you have Carson Strong and you had Hank Bachmeyer and you had all these guys in the Mountain West. And hell, even Hawaii was putting up points down on the island. So, like, that's very impressive to see. He's got all his weapons returning. And the defense, again, you, like we're talking about G5 schools that lack a defense, and that's why they kind of keeps them from winning 10 games a year. The defense is going to be the issue here. But then again, how much does it really matter? They're, they have to beat UConn. So I think this is – and I, I was just talking about this. The 28 is not that crazy to me, Shay, because if you go and look at the team totals, like how many points they'll score, UConn's is at 17.5, and, and I think Fresno State's is around 42. So, like, what does that tell you? That tells you 28 should be a breeze. UConn football, holy shit. It's a tough day. It's a tough year to be a UConn football fan. Let's just say that much. They haven't played football in two years, like you said. This is a Fresno State team 
that's going to absolutely air raid the fuck out of this defense. This defense gave up 40 points. I can't even say it without laughing. You know, 40 <laughs> points a game two years ago before COVID decided they don't want to play football next year. It's unsafe for your health. No, it's unsafe for your defense. That's why you didn't want to fucking play last year. Okay. They got, they lost a ton of dudes to transfers. They're like, fuck this. I'm done giving up 40 points a game. I am out of here. Okay. Honer, like you said, threw for 330 yards a game. Holy shit, he's going to try to go for 500, okay? This team, I don't know if I – the 28 is like, ugh, but at the same time, I'm like, I love it. You know what I do love is that team over, 44 and a half. Mm -hmm. I think this team can get to 50. The worry because – How about the game over? Do you think UConn scores at all? No. You're talking about 63. I'm not going to put them over on the whole game just because I am worried about how much they might score and if – Fresno State slows down at the end with it being week zero. Yeah, that's that's a little – that was my concern. But here's the thing. They're a dark horse this year, and I think that's why – I, I think they're going to come out like guns blazing, like showing everybody like, okay, this is, we're a team that's going to compete in the Mountain West. Yeah, and UConn does have a bright spot, and uh, running back Kevin Van said he's like – he's the best player by a million. He ran for 1,000 yards two years ago. So, yeah, I mean, he's – the only bright spot on that team right now. Better the quarterback situation was up in the air. You were up in the air on if you were going to be in a conference as your first year as an independent. Like just, it's just not a lot. Of love you think they the forgot how to play football? Is it? I, you know what this isn't? This isn't a Katie Lou Samuelson UConn basketball <laughs> basketball school. Well, I think the basketball team could beat them. Someone called Gino Oriyama and get this man head coach. <laughs> um, okay, my pick for the game. I'm laying the 27 and a half just because Schaefer is so fired up about it. Uh, I originally liked the play of 15 and a half by half. I think they'll lead by three scores when they're going. Say, I feel like half would be a good, good play. Yeah, yeah. I'll take, I'll take uh, the 27 and a half or 28. I'm not really worried about that. Take them by 30. No, that's I love an alternate spread play. Yeah. I'm going to be in the state of Iowa as well this weekend. So I'm going to, I could be placing some live bets. Could get really, really interesting. We always, legalize we always legally gamble we always do that here so make oh, yeah yeah um okay reese do you have a play for the game oh, do you have a stat for us give me the i would say i would say give me the 15 and a half at halftime i like that yeah i think overall, i think they lead three by, scores yeah i think they lead by three scores three scores 17 20 21 points that doesn't sound bad at all especially if you i mean if that defense is going to be as bad as it sounds like i mean that i think that guy's just going to start cooking first half too and just find out what works so I do love the 15 and a half. Okay, let's jump to another game. Um, Hawaii and UCLA. UCLA is an 18-point favorite. The over-under is 68. If you're betting Hawaii on the Bigot money line, that is plus 672. UCLA is a 977 favorite. If you're betting them on DraftKings, Hawaii is a plus 650 favorite. No, shit. Uh, Hawaii is a plus 650 underdog, and UCLA is a 1,000 favorite. What is the play? Yeah. You know, this game is going to be a very interesting one to me because it's two teams that can put up a lot of points. You look at a Chip Kelly offensive DTR quarterback, and then you look at a Hawaii team that's known for a little bit more of an air raid style, a little more, you know, get it up and down the field. Um, uh, Chavin, I don't even know how to say his last name. Corderio, I don't even know how to say it. Anyway, their quarterback, solid quarterback. They always have a history of good quarterbacks out there with what they do to schematically. Um, 18 is a lot of points. So I, I don't really feel comfortable laying the spread in this game just because I can see Dorian Thompson-Robinson just taking over this game and going that way and Chip Kelly having a year with UCLA. 
or UCLA. Hawaii, I'm not sure how to go with this one. I think there's a lot of teams better in the Mountain West than they are. And an over-under at 68, I just, there's not a lot of love in this game. So for me, it's right now I'm staying away from it. I'm paying attention to see what lines do and things like that. But, you know, I, I'm going to be – this might be my one of my favorite games to watch of the weekend, in all honesty. I just don't like the lines on it. Yeah, I don't really love either of these lines. Um, however, when there's only five games um, in a college football Saturday, you got to play it, right? <laughs> I think that these are two, <laughs> these are two tough, um, tough I lines. I think that this is a coming out party for DTR and Chip Kelly. A lot of people seem to be high on UCLA. I am one to not think that. Um, this is a defense that forced a lot of takeaways last year. However, they gave up 40 points in three of their seven games. Okay. I think that they, with a Hawaii, Hawaii, is, like JP said, is well known in the passing game. I think that they can have success there. Um, but I think that with the success that UCLA has taking away the ball, they could throw a lot of picks as well. I would say an underplay would be my thing. I don't think UCLA is going to put it on them. Um, I think that they're looking for LSU next week. That's definitely kind of a trap thing. I think that this could be a lot closer than um, people expect. So I think give me under 68 and or if I were to take a spread, I think Hawaii 18 is just a lot of points for a team that I'm not really high on in UCLA. And I think that they're way more focused on a huge game next week with LSU. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think 18 is a lot of points. I mean, again, I just – I don't love it because I can see it going that way. I can just see UCLA scoring too many points for a Hawaii team to keep up with and just enough defense, so. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to make a play on this game. I'll probably will just later in the week. I'll decide whichever team to take. However, I will say this. We do talk about how Vegas always knows and the lines are set where they should be. They only miss every so often. The team total overs is 24 for Hawaii, and it is 44 <laughs> Or UCLA. So right there, that kind of is off because that's 20, according to my math, um, and which means UCLA covers. So maybe UCLA by 18 isn't the worst play in the world, and that might be what I take. I'm just not so sure if I think if I see UCLA even getting to 44 and a half, to be honest. I don't know. But they, I don't know. I'm not sure. Depends how fast they start, I guess. There is a lot of hype around this UCLA team, so it'll be interesting to see what they put on the field. Okay, Rich, do you have a play, or do you have anything you have to say? No, uh, nope. Okay. Oh, Moving damn. on to an absolute barn. You said me, not you, bum. I didn't hear your name. <laughs> yeah, bum. <laughs> Black. Wow. Okay, let's time. On to absolute barn burner of an independent team in New Mexico State and UTEP. UTEP is a nine and a half point favorite. New Mexico State is a is plus three twelve on the money line, and the over under is fifty six and a half. What is the play? Yeah, New Mexico State's like bad, 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 bad. UTEP's not any better. UTEP's I know, bad. but like New Mexico State, way Big bad. game. Did you see what they did in the spring? It was horrible. They barely beat Dixie State. He's up just a new Division One, and then they lost to Tarleton State by like thirty. I'm not taking anybody who almost no, three just, plays a team named Dixie State. I'm just this saying. is a this is a I'm gonna play it on the Vigit app. About I'm not touching my real money with this. Not a chance. Which is why the Vigit app is great. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If they don't need any more ads, there's another reason why. Um, yeah. I, How much to say I about got, I got something that'll make you feel better about picking something then. Okay. All right. Love it. The favorite 7-0 and against the spread in the last seven meetings. Give me. 
and the over is 62 in the last six. That'll be a play. You tap 500 coins. They get app. Thank you, Reese. Don Haskins. I want Don Haskins in the UTEP Miners. Okay, give me UTEP. Also, I liked her logo better. I don't think New Mexico State is bad, but I like you UTEP. Like their orange. Their is so cute. You like their orange? Yeah, I do. I don't know if I do. It's all right. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just kind of air. Great mascot. Okay, let's jump to the last game I want to touch on. It's because they have a team that I've talked about a lot, Southern Utah and San Jose State. San Jose State is a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 56, and there is no money line available for this game. There's no chance Southern Utah is going to win this football game. That's why. Which is why I love it. And I'll tell you right now, I'll lead it off. I'm taking San Jose State minus 22-and-a-half. I, I don't think that's a bad play. Um, I'm excited for Starkle coming back um, mm-hmm. for San Jose State. He was kind of a guy that was pretty impressive last year. And this is a defense in San Jose State that is pretty fucking good. Yep. Um, I don't know what Southern Utah's total over is, if anybody has it. But even if it were like 10, I might take that under, okay? That might be a play for me, would be Southern Utah's under. I like uh, taking San Jose State, though. I think that they're going to be wanting to come out strong, just like Fresno State is. A lot of people aren't picking them to win the conference when uh, they're coming off their title run last year. Southern Utah went 1-5 and five in the spring. Oh, yeah. They're just awesome. as bad as New Mexico State is. Um, and San Jose State's actually a pretty solid team. So for 22 and a half points, that's not very much. So I would, I'm going to look in to see Southern Utah. Um, I don't even see I, the game available on DraftKings. I, those lines are presented by Viget. Um, so I don't even see that game available, but I would just looked for you. I don't even see it. Moving. I like the under two. I, I like, a, like a 30 to three kind of score personally. I think that's a scenario you could definitely see. So the under – that number is bounced around too. So it, I think it's just going to continue to go in San Jose State's favor as the week goes. Also, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I mentioned a player last year, can't remember his name for the life of me, um, who was playing for San Jose State and made like three tackles in a row, stopped, puked through his helmet, and then made another tackle on the next play. I will always bet on that motherfucker. I don't know who that was, but I, I'm okay laying my money with him, and I am okay laying my mo- money and coins – with San Jose State minus 22 and a half. And they returned all 11, and they let up less than four yards per play last year. So, great team. And that line against USC is moving down. Now is the time where we tell you where all of our picks will be. These are our official picks. They will be on Twitter. They will be on Instagram. It's at It's Just Money Pod. You will see our new card layout, which I'm very excited to share with you. I've been working on it for a long time. Make sure you look out for those cards. Place those bets. There's a lot of thought that goes into these picks. We had a great college football year last year. This is just the start of it. Not that big of a card this week, obviously, with the minimal games that are happening. Quality over quantity. What? Quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. We, but you get both here because we play a bunch of different stuff. So you end up getting like nine or ten bets from the three or four of us combined. And they're all good. So I highly recommend following us on Twitter and Instagram. If you haven't, that, at, that is at It's Just Money Pod. Another announcement. A play of the week is here. We are doing a play of the week starting next week, week one. We will have a certain play that all four of us think is a good play. We will all be taking it. That is going to be the play of the week. You just came off our Twitter. You're looking at the play of the day, which is more baseball-centered where it's day-to-day things. That went 18-8-1, and eight and one, which is 66% win percentage. That is much better than any betters out there. Um, a lot of the Sharps win about 55, 60% of their bets. That's better than them. So look out for the play of the week. We know a lot about college football. We're excited to bring that to you. 
now it is time for our mascot draft. We're going to turn the page from seriousness and putting our money on the line to drafting a team of college football mascots. This is FBS only, four rounds, four picks. We're super excited to do this. Um, we couldn't decide on it earlier in the day, but we came upon this late, and now we are excited to do it with you. Draft order will be determined by a wheel off wheel. of our nearest safari, the wheel. Of what it'll look like. Okay, the wheel. I'll, I'll tell you your colors. Reese, you are cream. I am yellow. Jake, you I are like cream. gold. And then JP, you are like a green. I'm green. Yep. Green, Jake, me, Reese. Here we go. Spinning the wheel. Come on, cream. I don't know who it's going to be. This guy gets to pick the order, correct? Cream, cream, no. cream. Fuck. Jake. Oh, Jake is the winner. Okay, Jake, you get to you get to pick the order of the entire draft. I get to pick the order. Ooh, um, pick whenever you want to go. You don't have to draft first. I want to go fourth because I want back to back. Okay, um, let's go. I love when JP. I love when JP fucks up. So JP, you're first. Okay, you get your first choice. So there's a lot of pressure there. Let's go. Uh, uh. put your fingers down, <laughs> Reese. I'll give you, yeah, I want, yeah, I'll give you three, Reese. In parts, you can have two. I wouldn't yeah. be scared of Reese's picks either. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have the second pick. Here's I the got sick Jake, ones. The, the order is JP, myself, Reese, and Jake. Four rounds, four picks. Best college football physical mascot, alive or dead, or alive <laughs> or dead. RIP. Non living. RIP. RIP to the dead ones. Shout out to them. But uh, human form or animal form, let's go. Okay, well, first pick of the draft, I, I think this is a very solid one. I'm going with a live animal here. I'm going with Ralphie. You got to explain where it's from. Nobody probably is knows. Is that Colorado? Yep, uh, Ralphie the Buffalo. Colorado? Yep. <sighs> Fucking, I knew he was going to take that one, too. I didn't put it on my list because I knew he was going to take it. That one's – why is that a bad pick in any form? That's the only thing – He said bad was – okay, so I, I'm sorry. I didn't know that live animals could get picked. So, like, Bevo – you can pick Bevo. Yes, live yeah, animals. But like mascot. About, I thought we were talking about the actual mascot. You'll be fine. The actual mascot. Um, okay, so Ralphie the Buffalo from Colorado. Wait, wait, wait. Are we vetoing live animals? No. You have to use the actual mascot, so the buffalo from Colorado. Oh, because that wouldn't fit then. You can't use – exactly. That's what I meant. You can't use Ralphie. Parks, you're, you're the deciding – That's player. bullshit. Like, all of mine are that. <laughs> of course they are. not a mascot. This I is said, a live animal. I would the fuck do you mean? That's not the live mascot. Anything. My question anything would be, is it then the horse mascot from Oklahoma or the actual Sooner Scooter? No, no. It's, the, it's the horse mascot. That's what I think, too. That's what yeah, I thought. I don't have any live animals on my list. But isn't Ralphie a fucking buffalo? Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. alive. They have, a, they have a mascot. You can use their mascot, JP. I don't, I don't want the mascot. It's got to be the move here. I mean, we said mascots. He said alive or dead. I did say alive or dead. But I meant alive or human form. Yeah, I know, but it's alive, is it not? No, it's alive. Okay, like, the, the, the live ones you can use is like, the leprechaun or like Chief Osceola. That's a person. That's the mascot, though. <laughs> you know, but you like This it. is bullshit. This no, is not bullshit. We, didn't the bullshit we thought we had this figured out, but we don't. Um, okay, I, I vote we let it stay. I vote too. Because it won't affect our list anyway. 
Oh, Shaver, you have to explain this better. It's opening up our top picks anyway if we don't have them on our list. Shaver, you're going to get all the picks you want now anyway because I'm not taking any of your stupid picks. Yeah, Reese is going to take all – you know, I'm not even going to say it, but we all know. Fuck right. <laughs> okay. Why don't we just I pick the wagon from Oklahoma? That's no, the fucking pick, mascot. We're going to pick the wagon. The mascot, you idiot. <laughs> yep, no, that's the mascot, the wagon. <laughs> okay, I have the second pick, and I'm ready. Um, I'll take the mascot form, not the live animal form, of Pistol Pete. I knew I like, that was going to go quick. Not bad. So I didn't even write that down. Not I bad. wanted to. Yeah, I'll take Pistol Pete. Okay, third pick goes to Reese. Give me Uga. I knew it. I mean, I could have wrote Uga. $100 bet on that. That's the bulldog from Georgia, I assume? Yep. Oh, my God. Hairy dog is cooler than that fucking little chode. Anyway. Uga. Okay. Then take hairy dog. No, well, I mean, then we'd have the same fucking mascot. Well, no, you don't, because one's live and one's... Oh, my God. Nope, Aga. Okay, live dog. Aga's a mean motherfucker. You know what Reese is. All he does is play with dogs. That's all he can grab. Fuck right. I'm going to fucking... I'm going to win this by winning by the rules. I'm going to win it by the rules. doesn't matter. I'm also playing by the rules, man. Okay, you just okay my first pick. Team. First pick. Give me Sebastian. Out of the University of Miami. That mascot's a dick. Whoever's in that costume is always a fucking asshole. I thought about that one, but, like, when he has the leggings on for his leg, it looks weird. He's a fucking – like, I don't weird. know if he's a duck or whatever the It fuck looks weird. Is. Yeah, he's got to be a duck. It's a certain type of uh, – no, it's like a certain type of Somebody animal that comes around before a hurricane. Sebastian. It's like Sebastian the Ibis or some shit. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's the Ibis. Nobody's listening to me. Be, be quiet. Jordan, Jordan. JB, be quiet. I was given the answer. <laughs> Good call, Reese. It is Ibis. Um, second round, first pick. Second pick, I'm going to pick another mascot. Give me Brutus. That's the fucking coolest thing. What What are the fuck? It's like a nut. the head. worst mascot of all time. It's one is not that good. Buckeye. It's got a nut for a head with a striped shirt. It looks like that one is not Broadway. that good. It's horrible. I, I'm going to go with no on that one. I don't like Brutus. I can pick a better one from a – it's like an actual mascot than that, Schaefer. I'll, I'll do it. My next right. Don't worry. I have two more coming. Reese, you're up. That was so Cos, Cosmo the Cougar, BYU. <laughs> Damn it. That's a good one, Reese. Those I videos of fun. him doing that, – that videos of him dancing with the cheerleaders or that dance team or whatever, those videos are sick. That guy, that guy yeah. soaks every one of those cheerleaders. I yeah. guarantee it. That and guy. he's got multiple wives probably. Oh, 100%. The guy's in the right spot. Yes, I, I'm with that pick. I like that pick. Great. We're not shaming here. There's no shame um, here. I'm going an actual mascot as well, and I will go to the TCU Horn Frog. I think that's one of the better looking mascots. Yep. Of the yep. There's so many of mine that are flying. I had that one so fast. I thought, okay, okay, JP. I, think I can get this one. I, okay, I'm gonna take Sparty from Sparty. Wow, Michigan State Sparty off the board. I did not have that one down. That's not a bad looking mascot. Yeah, he's yoked. So I think that's a good. One. He's most one of the most badass ones. Yeah, uh, I like that look. Well, it's better than I know. I think he could beat Cosmo's ass, and I know for a fact Sebastian the Ibis would just get smashed over with a handled fist. So Sebastian the Ibis is on the head by a Buckeye. But okay, what are we talking about? Or like, what? Are we, like, what's going on? Things are just like falling on our head and putting a stick at things. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. JP, guess what? You're up again. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, you guys are going to have to look this one up. This is my third pick, right? Yep. Why don't you look it up? Okay. 
Swoop from Utah. He's pretty badass looking. I know. I know. I saw that. Yeah. He's pretty badass. Yeah. So Utah Utes have like an eagle. Um, His name is Swoop and he looks pretty badass. So. Okay. Swoop from Utah. Third round, first pick. For my second pick of the third round, I am going with, I'm going to go with Arizona State's mascot. The actual mascot looking forky. I think that's a cool mascot. He always looks badass, perfectly aligned with their logo, and he always wears whatever color jersey they're wearing, which I like a lot. I love the logo more than I love the mascot. In every, I just can't get myself to do the mascot. The actual Sparky logo or the pitchfork? The logo itself with the running Sparky is just a billion times better than the mascot. I'll tell you what, that mascot is the closest looking thing to the logo you could ever have got. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just I'm very partial to the logo. I love that mascot and I love I love that team. I'm with you on the logo as well. I should say that. I love that logo. Okay, Schaefer. No, no, no. Reese, fuck you, Schaefer. <laughs> so Schaefer, you're talking about this before. So you want me so but when I pick Florida State, am I taking Chief Osceolo or am I taking Renegade the horse? Dude, you would take you would take I would take Chief uh, I'd say we rule out it both. Chief Osceola. No. no. You would be taking Renegade them together. To be like so the combination. Yeah. Okay, that's my that's yeah, my next one. Yeah. That's my next one. Okay. Osceola yep. off the board, and then then we round out round three with Schaefer, who's very. I was gonna fall back to me, Reese. I'm not gonna. That was gonna be mine. Okay, doesn't matter. Fuck it, we can recover from this. Uh, we're gonna go with. Oh man. <laughs> uh you got me rattled there. I fucking I wanted that one. Okay, buddy. My list has a bit Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, I'm gonna go with this one because I think it's hilarious, and I don't care if it's ugly as shit. Give me Hope Bird. Give me Damn Hope. it! Hope that, was be an that was gonna be an honorable. That was gonna be an honorable mention for me. Gobbler. That thing that's is. Gonna a, that was gonna be an honorable mention. I thought the guy looks hilarious. Hilarious. The guy is fucking awesome. Him and the Blob from Western Kentucky are that, two absolute goats. Hokey coming out on a motorcycle is just hey, what? Save your honorable mentions, bitch. That could be a pick. <laughs> okay, Reese, going back to you. Um, wait, doesn't he get two? Wait, yeah, is that round Schaefer. three. Schaefer, start us off round yeah, four. Yeah, Schaefer, get one. Okay, now I I'm down to a toss up to these two. Um, let's go. I'm gonna do that as my honorable mention. I'm gonna go Yosef the Mountain Man. Appalachian State. You didn't want the actual mountaineer from West Virginia? No, I was thinking about that, but I'm like, you know what? Wants a mountain I'm a mascot. It's I was not gonna... an actual mountaineer. It's just some bastard dressed like one, too. I am going with Yosef. Look him up if you haven't seen him. Yeah, he's all right. Okay. Yosef from Appalachian State off the board. Now back to Reese. All right, Reese. Do what you're going to do, or I'm going to do it. Then Jared, okay, because I was between two. I'll go Smokey, Tennessee. Yeah, I was say, you do it or I do it. Smokey from Tennessee. <laughs> Why is you live dog? Why How many live dogs are we going to fucking pick? I got two. Both of them have real mascots. Smokey. I like the real mascot, too, from Tennessee. So I think that would be a better pick. But still, still good. For my last pick. I'm going to go on a completely different my – list, my list was not even sniffed most of the time. I'm going Wake Forest, the Demon Deacon, the actual mascot. I love that mascot. It's one of my favorite logos in college sports and branding um, that I never talk about, but I need to get some Wake Forest gear. I love that logo, and I like the look of that mascot. He looks a little, little fucked up, 
Um, but he, he's pretty. He's, cool. he's a little weird looking guy. I'm not gonna lie. Yes. Something in me. I'm a little fucked up. Yeah, that's <laughs> another one I'd like the logo way more than I like, like the mascot. Well, some of these fucking logos are hard to turn into mascots, JP. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. That's just, I don't know, man. I love it. Okay, JP, round it out. Last pick of the entire draft. Who are you taking? Okay, well, Reese took Smokey. I don't have a dogo on mine. That'd be that'd be dog for all you people at home. Uh, I will take. I believe you say it, Reve, the first lady of Aggie Land. Oh, Reve, it's Revelé. I looked it up. I don't know how to say it, Revelé. I thought it was Reve. Yeah, it's, it's Revelé. Because I, I, I had that too. I looked it up. I don't know how to pronounce it. Live dog. Yeah, first lady of Aggie Land. Funny that you guys all asked though. If you wanted to know, she is actually the highest ranking member of all cadets at Texas A and M. And there's one person who's um, takes care of her throughout the whole year. And if the dog dog outranks everybody, so if the dog goes onto the bed to sleep, you have to sleep on the floor because the dog outranks you. Wow. And if and if the dog barks in class, class is over. Yeah, great point. Is there is that true? Yeah. That's true. Fuck yeah, dude. I'd just be trying to get that dog to bark the whole time. She's throwing classy, shit, man. Just throwing shit at him. Yeah. <laughs> is Michael Vick step on its foot? Yes. <laughs> um, okay. That rounds out the college football. We love dogs here. We don't condone harming dogs. No, we get kicked out of Texas A&M for harming that thing. We have brought up Michael Vick multiple times in this podcast. When I say we, I mean me. But I actually love dogs, so don't fuck with them. Okay, Schaefer, final thoughts on the draft. You look a little angry. <laughs> sucked. <laughs> I, that was that that actually pisses me off. Are we gonna do an honorable mention, or are we just gonna piss on the whole game? No, uh, okay. also, you gotta explain this better. I hope, I hope everybody that votes knows the actual uh, rules of this game and has respect. Respect. Our for only this rule game. that we did set beforehand was FBS only. I will say that we have FBS. Only. That is facts. So everybody follows yeah. my knowledge. But a mascot's a mascot. As long as nobody picked the fucking leprechaun from Notre Dame, I hate that fucking bastard. <laughs> Whoever plays him, fuck that guy. Anyway, my honorable mentions are Arkansas. I like the look of that Razorback. I did have the WKU Hilltopper on there, just that blob of red. Um, that guy's fucking weird looking. The Syracuse Orange, that little shit fuck. I <laughs> love that look. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Alabama's Elephant. Um, Big Al. Kansas's Jayhawk. I love those. The Jayhawk's a good one. I think he's cool looking. Okay, honorable mentions otherwise. I can't uh, believe the, the one we talked about in the group chat didn't get mentioned. I thought somebody would draft the tree. Stanford no. tree. That one sucks. That's an ugly mascot. It's unique. Like, I mean. Okay, but I like, I tried to draft like on coolness and like how cool they look and not do like the chalk, like all that stuff. Live animals. Yeah, I know. But like, I'm, it's a buffalo. That's pretty badass. <laughs> What's more American than a Buffalo? I, group of I knew JP was going to take that one too. As I was looking at all my stuff, I knew he was going to take that one. I go back to like when we drafted stadiums. We talk about atmosphere. The fucking Buffalo is like half of the atmosphere in Folsom. Like exactly nobody, why it's a great mascot. Wait, didn't you? Yeah, exactly you like going. the stadium. Didn't you pick Folsom? Hey, didn't you yeah. pick Folsom? So what? Get on me for it. Yeah, because it's, it's not a very good stadium, but it's a great mascot. You just played into my hand saying 50% of that game is all about Ralphie. He's a part of the atmosphere. He's a live fucking animal. They have a, they have a mascot. They have Holy the actual God. mascot. It's one thing if they didn't. Like Chief Osceola, it was one thing if they didn't. They have a real mascot. Okay, Schaefer, honorable mentions. 
Harry Dog, because he's cooler than fucking Ugga. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck Harry Dog. Oh, yeah. Can you go cuddle up with Ugga and carry that guy around? <laughs> also, my other one is going to be, I think I'm saying this right, Kyan from Louisiana. He's like a fucking, he looks like a red pepper. He looks like an Cayenne. Like the spice. It's a cayenne pepper. Yeah, yeah. He, is, he is a cayenne pepper. What did you say? The cayenne. <laughs> no, you cayenne. didn't. I did. You did I not did say cayenne. cayenne. You said like cayenne. Cayenne. What? Yeah, you said that. <laughs> I think his name's Cayenne because he's a cayenne pepper. <laughs> that's what I said. I don't. I don't know if that's what you said. I don't remember. It was too no. long ago. It was. But any other honorable mention? Uh, puddles. West Virginia Mountaineer. Overrated. The Ducks overrated. I think, I think the Ducks a good one. Ducks overrated. He's pretty energetic. I'll tell you what. If anybody got that logo, like their actual Duck logo that they use in their uniforms now, close to their mascot, it's the Oregon. That shit is spot on. It's a Duck. How hard could it be? Because I, I was between like Oregon, the Oregon Duck and then like Miami's whatever that is. Like Oregon's yeah. like the full outfit. But Miami's like just like they're they wear the leggings for that part of their leg. I just think it looks stupid. Miami's is such a dick, dude. I can't even describe it. Also, uh, I'd like to mention to all Iowa fans out there, the old Herky's better than the new Herky. You'll never change my mind. Albert the Gator sucks. I like that. Albert the Gator sucks. What about Ramsey's. I like Albert the Mascot Gator. Mascot and the live thing. They're both cool. In North Carolina. What else, could we, what else could we pick that would piss off Schaefer? Yeah. As a kid, I wanted to stab uh, Lil Red. Like, just fucking stab him. I hated that inflatable little thing that walked around. Yeah, that's the dumbest. I hated that thing so much. Herbie's little. That's kind of sociopathic as a child. I'm not going to lie. I hated him that much. I hated Nebraska, and I hated that fucking mascot. I don't understand the inflatable thing. You ha- you're fine with the mascot you have. You don't need they it. Both of them. They did both of them walking around. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Well, it's hard it's for like one mascot, mascot to get around 90,000 fucking people every week. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, both one does suck. You know, my, my, my favorite NFL mascot, though, strictly because of the video of, like, them playing football, though, is Blue. Indianapolis. Blue. Where that guy is just truck sticking, truck sticking little kids, and then he's like just humping the air. Like that guy's, that guy's hilarious. Thunder from uh, the Denver Broncos, the white horse that they run out there. Pretty badass. Okay, if you NCAA 14 or 22, hopefully, or 23, hopefully, soon, simulate a mascot mashup between all the teams that we drafted, their mascots, who wins? I don't know. I'd have to see everybody in front of me. Oh, my team's oh, fucked. I got dogs. Definitely Brutus, 100%. I got got a lead blocking Buffalo for Sparty with absolute cannons in the backfield for a swooping Eagle to come down and catch passes. And then the dog just to like, yeah, for seats. My team's fucked. I mean, come on. Imagine Forky off the edge. He would fuck on any (laughs) guy. No no weapons. No weapons. It doesn't count. (laughs) What? Right? (laughs) I have a fucking turkey. I got a guy with a spear. Pistols and a trident that's not fair i got a guy with an actual spear <laughs> that's true playing a horse um okay that wraps everything up we've included so much a lot of information on the group of five teams that matter we included some picks for week zero college football is back college football is back let me just say it to speak it into existence we're super excited it's back and then we drafted college football mascots so an action-packed episode it was fun 
Schaefer, what song's going to take us out this week? Uh, Fresno State's fight song, probably. Okay. Sounds Rocky Top, you'll always be. That's, I don't know it, but I, whatever top, it is. Whatever it is. home to me. Okay. Nope. We're going to – Schaefer called it last week. We'll let JP call. Take us out, Rocky Top. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Cue it. Read the Brian Ferentz blog. Hey, Kevin.